A lot of people my age talk about heaven. And that's good. But as I think about that, we need to also focus on hell. I'm so happy that God has saved me from that place. But sometimes we get so focused on hell, we forget heaven. We forget how many people are going to hell. I want you to begin by taking your Bibles and go to Ezekiel chapter 27. Now, I'm going to preach. I don't know if Pastor or Brother uh, Dr. Beal has heard what I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach on the Titanic. How many know about the Titanic? Yes. I was not on it. (laughs) But I want you to notice here, the word of the Lord came again unto me saying, now I'm chapter 27, the son of man, take up a lamentation for Tyrus. And say unto Tyrus, O thou that art situate at the entrance of the sea, which are a merchant of the peoples for many isles, thus said the Lord God, O Tyrus, thou hast said, I am perfect beauty. Thy borders are in the midst of the seas. Thy builders have perfected thy beauty. And again, verse 5, they have made all thy ship boards of fir tree. He seems to take this city and then apply it as a ship. And I got thinking about this, and I uh, have such a thought in my own heart about people going to hell. And so tonight, this morning, I'm going to preach on something out of a history. I love history. How many love history? Uh, history's his story. That's why it's called history. I want to call here the Titanic, which... Some of you know about and take some applications is I thought about this ship in of Tyre here. The, the Titanic was called the ship that even God could not sink. And yet all the Titanic did was sink. We have a nation today is much like the Titanic who believes it's going to be just around forever and ever but it's going to sink. We have people who are living as though they're going to be here forever, but they're going to sink down into hell. Uh, It was was on its maiden board of April 10th, 1912. It uh, was going to go to New York City. Four days later, because God decided you do not Use your pride to deny that there is a God. And then what God did is take a little ice cube called an iceberg and sunk the Titanic in the depths of the sea. The day that the iceberg hit the Titanic was April 14th. It was Sunday. Isn't that interesting? God chose that day to sink this ship a day when people should honor the Lord and note the Lord. I wonder how many of them even attended that church service on the Titanic that Sunday and ever thought, never realizing that would be the last day. I say this to all of us. There are people we're going to be meeting day in and day out who one day will be their last day. And we have the message. We have the truth. Years ago, 
been over 60 years ago. I remember I had just gotten saved, and I had, didn't have an automobile, and I rode a bus to work. And as I did that, there was a fellow there. I can tell you what he wore that day. I can tell you a description about how high, what tall he was, about how much he weighed. And I had a burden for him, but I did nothing about it. Two days later, I read in a newspaper that he had committed suicide. Wow. And he went out into the flames of hell, as far as I know. Of 2,340 passengers on that ship, only 705 survived, leaving 1,635 souls to go out into eternity. I think about what the ship was called as I think about it, and it was called the Leviathan. <laughs> now, you get that from Job 41, and if you, it talks about, if you want to turn there for a moment, in that uh, picture, uh, which, which is this large sea creature. <laughs> Much debate about it. I'm not here to deal with that. But if you come to verse 1 of chapter 41, canst thou draw out Leviathan with a hook? or his tongue with a cord which to let us down. But look at verse 15, this animal, whatever it was, it says, his scales are his pride. And that ship that day was its pride. It was such a ship that it was most a luxurious steamship that was ever, ever made. It was over four blocks long in length, and it was equipped with the most up-to-date modern things of that day. The largest steamship ever built. Its captain was E.J. Smith. No relation to you, Joanna. And he said, I don't believe this ship is sinkable. And so therefore he decided to go as fast as he could with the ship to get to New York City. And when he had entered the ice field, fields in the North Atlantic, instead of slowing down, he simply sped up. There was warnings, warnings. Folks, that's, I like what was told about the man who got saved. You had given him several warnings, but God was gracious to save his soul before he went out into eternity. I'm so glad God gave me several warnings. I hope today you'll be involved and I'll be involved in giving warnings to those who are lost. That they ignored. They ignored. I think we have a country as well as the world today is ignoring that there is a God. Proverbs 14 verse 12 said, There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of what? Death. And that day... 1,635 souls ended life. One of the problems was that there was not enough light boats. They said, that's not going to sink, so we don't need all these lifeboats. And the reason why they didn't want the, all these lifeboats there, because it would hinder the view of the oceans on each side. They said, oh, this is a pleasure ship. The world today is a pleasure ship, is it not? Headed the wrong direction, and 
will wind up in catastrophe. The only means by which the passengers could be saved from the icy waters of death on that cold, cold April evening was lifeboats. It was said there were 928, only enough to save 928. There was less than enough to do it, and yet only 705 were saved that day. For most, it was those jumping from the ship into the icy water below, and a few seconds later, waking up in the flames of hell. My son, some of you know, is a pilot. He's flown all over the world right now. He's in uh, Australia. But many, a few years ago, how many remember 9-11-01? A date that most of us who are old enough to know will not forget that date. I remember it well because I was out working in the yard. It was Tuesday. It was my day off. Then Marilyn came out and she said, Dad, uh, there's a, said, John, there's been a terrible, terrible happening in our country. Talked about the World Trade Center and, and all those other buildings. And our first reaction is, where's Tim? <laughs> On 9-10, he had flown into New York City. He and the co-pilot had uh, reminded the passengers we're going to stay in the Marriott, which is in the middle of the World Trade Center. So he got into New York. He always called about an hour ahead of time, and he said, I got our passengers. He said, Tim, we've got some bad news for you. He said, "Uh, we're doing such a bang-up job of... uh, Commercial weights. We're sending you down to Times Square with your people. Tim tried to talk him out of it. But if he'd have been in that World Trade Center, he could have been, well, be one of them who died. But the next morning, he walked down Times Square and he saw people jumping out of buildings, trying to escape the flames of that fire and many of them as they went out into eternity even faced a worse fire. Turn with me for a moment if you will please to uh, Luke 16. Luke 16. Here is a description of where they went. Verse 19 begins this. There was a certain man, rich man, who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he faced sumptuously every day. That man reminds me of those on the Titanic. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus who was laid at his feet, got the gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's, bo- Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And I want you to get here's a fourfold description of hell. 
Yes, I'm looking forward to heaven, but I want to tell you something. We've got to be aware of the fact that everyone left behind is going to go to hell unless during the tribulation period those who haven't heard will be saved. Kim Seb will be saved. Look at verse 23. In hell he lift up his eyes being in what? Did you get that word? Unending torment. Unending torment. And he cried, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his tongue, uh, finger in water. Notice that. We not only see unending torment, we see unquenchable fire. Unsatisfying thirst in those thoughts. May dip the finger in water and cool my tongue. It's unsatisfying thirst. And then he talks about that I am tormented in what? His flame. You know, today there are so many preachers who don't want to preach on hell, talk about it. We want to ignore it because we have unsaved family members. But they need to be saved. Unending torment, unquenchable fire, unsatisfying thirst. And here I think also undying memories. Where we find here in verse 25, but Abraham said, son, remember that thy and the remember, remember. I believe people will have memories in hell of the opportunities they had to accept Christ. I want you to know that every tract that handed out, everyone we witness to, they need Jesus Christ. I hope we understand the truth there. However, there was just such few lifeboats, but there was a lifeboat by the name of John Harper on that ship. John Harper was sent there to be a lifeboat. You see, he was scheduled to be on the Lusitania sailing to Chicago and preaching. And God in his providence put him on that ship. I want to tell you something. Every, listen, Psalm 31 reminds us that our times are in his hands. Psalm 31, verse 50, my times are in thy hands. Everything about our lives, God is arranging. And we need to understand the truth of that. The man, his wife had died four years earlier, and he was left with little Nana, N-A-N-A, Nana. She was only six years old, his little daughter, and they were on that ship that day, He had been a pastor who had labored night and day for many years. And he was, was, uh, in God's providence, put on that ship. There was a man by the name of Robert English. I don't even know who that person really is. But he had warned. He said, I have a premonition. Be careful about going on that ship. I'm not sure that ship is going to make it. I'm reminded in the book of Luke, chapter 21, such a story about the Apostle Paul. It's interesting. When you go to Luke, or Acts, pardon me, Acts 21, 
we find here in verse 10, as we tarry there many days, there came down from Judea, Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was coming to us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus said the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when he heard these things, both we and they of the place besought him, besought him not to go to Jerusalem. Even as, even as John Harper was, not, was told, don't go, don't go. But in the providence of God, God placed him on that ship. Paul said here in verse 13, Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and break my heart? For I am, not, I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And this man was willing to give his life that those people might be saved. His last act as he put little Nana on a boat, on, a, on a, one of the boats, where it was for women and children only, he dove into the water and went from person to person asking them this question, are you saved? Are you saved? He was quoting Acts 16, verse 7. Then he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. We know the Holy Ghost can take that burden and take that heart and take those words and can save someone such as this. There was a confirmation, by the way, the last act that he did only winning people to Christ. He took off his life preserver and gave it to somebody else. He knew he was going to die. Jesus Christ. Confirmation of his work was by a man named Henry Cavell who testified of his conversion <laughs> as he got on the ship that rescued them and his daughter Nana grew up to marry a pastor and be a pastor's wife. Isn't that wonderful? That's the good part of the story. That was there. Think with me. As that ship that day was nearing its end. 20 minutes before midnight. The end of Sunday. By the way. Enjoy your Sundays in your church. Enjoy them. Be there. Be faithful. You know somebody said missing Missing church is a misdemeanor. The more you miss, demeanor you get. <laughs> so remember that. I was thinking of the passengers on that ship. There was the wealthy. I think you just the two. Now keep this is 1912. <laughs> there was John Jacob Astor. Worth $150 million then. Can you imagine what that would be today? (laughs) There was a man by the name of Isidore Strauss. Are you familiar with the Macy's stores, clothing stores? He owned the whole chain and other things beside. It is interesting that when he was ready to board a ship, 
if one of the crew of the ship said, you can't get on, your wife can, but it's women and children only. With all his millions, there wasn't anything he could do to buy his way to get on that ship. But I do appreciate this about him. His wife, she said, we've been married all these years. If he is to drown, I will drown with him. And she got off the ship and stayed on the Titanic until it sunk. There was a man by the name of Washington Robling. He built the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> but I'm reminded of Matthew 16 as I thought of the wealthy that day. As I read and read and study the thoughts of the Titanic. Matthew 16 verse 26. What profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? I had uh, recently had a funeral of somebody in Charleston. He was a very wealthy man. He wasn't uh, close to the Lord. I believe he will hope he was saved. That's all I can say at this stage. I went down there after he had died. All the money in the world cannot solve whether you're going to heaven. Listen, or hell or not. There was the wealthy. And this wealthy man, Strauss, was denied a place on the ship because it's for women and children only. There were women and children. I, I like to call. Turn with me to 1 Peter. And turn there with me for a moment, if you will, please, to chapter 3 and verse 7. I want to just think about this. It said women and children only. It was the weaker that was allowed to be on the ship. Look there in verse 7. There's a reason why I'm bringing this up in chapter 3 of 1 Peter. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with him according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as what? The weaker vessel. A church in California is being sued. Ladies, I want you to get this. Because we have a lady who decided to be a man so she could play football. That's enough to gag a maggot. Transgender. You stay feminine and be a woman, be a lady. That's God's rule for your life. You girls say amen. It's okay for you to say amen. Amen. You fellows say amen too. You don't want to marry a masculine woman, do you? I, this is the truth. Uh, I had counseled somebody one time, and this man was afraid of his wife because she could whip him. <laughs> she used to go to the gym and work out. <laughs> or go to the kitchen and work out. <laughs> we can laugh at that, but how silly of a generation we're living in where women don't want to be what God intended them to be. Helpmates. Now get this. You women are equal with us in person, but not in position. 
the weaker vessel, you are to be a helpmate to your husband. Would you girls say amen to that? Amen. If you can't stand up right now, I want to have a talk with you while you stand. In person, we're all equal. Hallelujah for that. And my wife is smarter than me. Okay, honey, say amen. I mean, she is. She's, uh, she's, and I'm developing a little bit of losing my memory a lot. And she, I'll get a sentence going and I can't finish it. And you've been around me when that happens. Marilyn says, I think I can figure this out. <laughs> Just smart. And uh, how many know Bill Rice? Bill said to me one time, I'm like Bill Rice. If Marilyn goes before me, I'm in trouble. I can't cook. I can't do anything. Bill Rice said, Mary and Sandy next to him, he said, well, he said, we got it worked out. I'm, I'm the go to heaven first. But if, but if she goes first, we have her funeral in the morning and my wedding in the afternoon. I don't know if I agree with that statement. <laughs> what they thought. All right. And Mary said, I'm going to pick the gal out. The wealthy. There were the widows. There were 70 women on that ship who were made widows that day. Whose husbands and themselves came to, a, to have a trip of pleasure and left without their husbands. There were also 11 newlyweds, ladies, whose husbands died on that ship. Eleven. There to have a honeymoon. And never made it back home to begin life as a couple. There was not only the wealthy and the widows, the women. There were also some wicked people. And the one sailor who crowded into a ship, into a boat... Uh, as women were trying to get on board, he got on board. And he lit a cigarette. And when he did that, there were screams of women, please get rid of that cigarette, we could catch on fire. And he's rise. He said, we're all going to hell anyway. We might as well get cremated ahead of time. That's wicked. But one of the most wicked men... On that ship was a man by the name of Bruce Ismay. I-S-M-A-Y. He's the man who oversaw the building of the ship and was responsible for not having enough lifeboats. And he blamed the captain and others for all the troubles. Doesn't that sound a little bit like Washington, D.C.? Just pass the blame. And we're doing that today in our society. Sounds like our Washington, D.C. He took his place in a lifeboat that was only allowed for women because, after all, I'm important. And when he got to the ship that rescued him, he demanded food. No, no matter what anybody else got in there, because after all, look who I am. Let me tell you who we are nothing 
Nothing, nothing, nothing in God's eyes without Christ. You know what a nothing, a zero with the rim knocked off. That's all we are. There were two ships that could have rescued those people. One of them is the name California. I don't even like going to the state anymore. You been out there lately? A couple years ago. God bless you. <laughs> I lived there for 26 years. Not what it used to be. The captain of the ship, guess what his name was? Lord, L-O-R-D. Yet he knew nothing about the Lord. Nothing at all. When the Titanic was sinking, it sent up rocket after rocket after rocket trying to get the California's attention just a few miles away to rescue. I believe that reminds me of some churches and some Christians. I don't have time. We're busy. We got to get to do what we got to do. Let's all realize hell is real. We need to take time to rescue people. The other ship was a Carpathian. It was 75 miles away. And it went as fast as it could of the, of the 20 ships that were saved with, filled with people. The Carpathian rescued the 708 people. People need to be rescued. The final scene was also interesting. As people were trying to go over the sides of the ship because the ship now was standing straight up and the suction of the water was pouring them under, under the water that went about two and a half miles down An orchestra played. These were men who didn't, who were willing to give up their life to kind of soothe the. And one of the last hymns they they played was "Nearer, My God, to Thee." Sometime, maybe you ought to look at that wonderful hymn again. "Near My God, to Thee." What a what a great hymn. The final scene. They published two lists the next day, or a few days later. You know what the list said? Those saved, those lost. That's what it's going to be. Those saved, those lost. Those saved, those lost. No in-between, no purgatory, no... (laughs) my, My mother... My mama, I loved her much. She got into Catholicism. She was a wicked woman in her early days and decided to get religious. But wickedness can be bad, but I think religion can be worse. I could never get her to see that only Jesus Christ is the way. My only hope and prayer is that she trusted the Lord. I have many times listened to talk to her about Christ. I have a brother, as far as I know, who is burning in the flames of hell today. I wasn't saved. In 1957, on December 25th, 
when he took a gun to his head and ended his life. I have a brother I'm still praying for. I want him saved. How many have relatives that you know are not saved? Roll over there. Stand up for a minute. Let's just all stand up for you. You've got family. Look out here, folks. Look around without Christ. You may be seated. We all need to have a lost prayer list of people who need Christ. Family would be the first place to start with. It was also interesting, one final thought is the next day. The next day, it went out all over the world. Titanic sinks, all saved. False message. The liberals have a false message. I will never forget the day that I sat there in Jan- cold January day of 1957 after my brother had committed suicide on Christmas Day. And I asked that liberal, no good preacher, pardon me, but that's what I feel now. Where is my brother? He said, well, we all go to heaven. The biggest lie that can be told. They need Christ. That's my burden today. I, I, I'm looking forward to heaven. I don't think it's going to be that many months, years, whatever I have left. But I've asked God to give me a greater burden about hell knowing I'm going to heaven. And I'm praying today that we'll get that burden. I think you can go to churches. Our church is a great church. It goes so winning and so forth. But the burden, the burden, the burden. The burden's got to be there. Father, it's a different kind of message you lead me to preach. But Lord, people are going to hell. I'm going to heaven. If there's any here that are going to hell today, they'll get saved. Do your work in our hearts. Lord, give us something from this little illustration. A ship full of people who went to hell. In Christ's name, amen.